Hello, and welcome to the Smart Karma Podcast. I'm Michael Tegos. Every week on the podcast, we share a presentation and discussion from our webinar Wednesdays when we sit down with Smart Karma Insight providers and selected experts from around the world to break down the key topics you care about in Asia's markets. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and so on. Thank you for being with us and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smart Karma's Webinar Wednesday. I'm Michael Tegos. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Chris Wong, healthcare expert with many years of experience in the healthcare sector of China. I will pass it to Chris for her introduction. Chris, uh, welcome to the webinar, and thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Hello, everyone. This is Chris from Shanghai, China. Thanks for having me today. So first of all, please allow me to introduce myself. My career started in Ernest Young as an auditor, and more than 60% of my projects are coming from healthcare industry. I was very interested in the global work, and Duke MBA was a great platform for me to move into that direction. After graduation from Duke, I joined Davida Kidney Care in the United States. In day-to-day clinic operation, I accumulated valuable experience in the frontline clinic work from both medical and financial aspects. After coming back to China, I joined Fresenius Medical Care. In Fresenius, I relocated from my hometown Shanghai to Quanzhou, Fujian province to help the company build the first ever foreign invested dialysis center in China. I was the in charge of this de novo project and covered budgeting, facility, fire protection, doctors, nurses, recruiting and training, procurements, operation, and negotiation with local government agencies for the licensing and medical insurance coverage. After I successfully closed the deal, I joined Forsen Pharma. In Forsen, I worked as the investment director to work on deals including pharmaceuticals, device, digital healthcare services, and provider business in both China and overseas market. This is my background before I joined Smart Karma. Now, let's go to the next part. The presentation today would mainly include the following parts. First of all, let's do a quick performance review for the stocks in the article. Secondly, let's review what happened in the capital markets in healthcare sector in 2020 and in recent months. Thirdly, I would explain the logic behind the rally of the stock price, including Hengrei, Wuxiak Tech, and top choice. Fourthly, let's discuss the investment trend in 2021. And finally, I will be open to questions. Okay, now let's go to the next part. Okay, the first part is stock performance review. In the article, 2021 High Conviction Investment Opportunities in China Healthcare Industry, I mainly pitched the three stocks. They are Hungry, Wuxi Aptek, and top choice. This article was published on November 23rd, 2020. By the end of Tuesday, January 12th, 2021, the performance of these stocks are summarized in the chart. The average return of the three stocks in the chart during this period was about 38%, higher than the return of both the CSI 300 and healthcare sector. All of the three stocks outperform the market. Okay, 
Now let's go to the next part. The second one is market review. In the first half of 2020, because of the COVID-19, the healthcare industry outperformed the market significantly. Then, as the epidemic in China has been effectively under control and the resumption of work and production has been promoted, domestic investment hotspots have been frequently switched and the healthcare sector has undergone periodic adjustments. In the second half of 2020, the advance of new volume-based purchasing policy in the field of drugs and high-value medical consumables also negatively impact the performance of the healthcare sector. In December 2020, as the medical insurance negotiations was completed, the healthcare sector ushered in a rebound. There could be some adjustments in the short term. However, in the middle to long term, we still think that the rebound of the healthcare sector could be sustained. Because firstly, the official results of 2020 medical insurance negotiations was released, which largely eliminated the policy uncertainty. Secondly, the demand of the healthcare sector is relatively rigid, and the policies gradually guide the industry to maintain healthy development. The long-term performance growth of high-quality enterprises is still highly certain. Now let's go to the next part. The third part is the logic behind the rally of the stock price. First one is Hen Rui. Hen Rui is a big winner in the 2020 medical insurance negotiations. The company announced that four products, including camulazumab, ascatamine hydrochloride injunction, pagasparagase injunction, and paxlitexel for injunction were successfully included in the 2020 medical insurance catalog. It is estimated that the sales revenue of camulazumab could reach about RMB 9 billion in 2021, and the total revenue this year could also be optimistic. Therefore, Hunrei hit a new high recently due to the promising prospect. Good news from this negotiation and the price reduction of PD-1 was also better than the market expectation. Besides, in 2021, other important drugs, including reticlyptin, hirumbopec, famadinine, and hinagliflozin, could also get fast approval as the priority review, special approval, or major specialisting. The company also has got a couple of drugs currently at the clinical stage three and are expected to be launched in succession. It is expected that in the next three to five years, Hunrei would have new drugs to be launched every year. The second stock is Wuxiaptak. Wuxiaptak is a leading CRO CDMO company with four service chain layout, is constantly expanding new service platforms and building various business capabilities to constantly improve the business model and ceiling of the company. We found that the business cycle is accelerating upward. Meanwhile, based on the analysis of the company's contract liabilities, inventories, construction in process, fixed assets, and other financial indicators, we found that Wuxi Aptak's business 
in the next three to five years is still expected to increase rapidly. For example, in the third quarter of 2020, the added value of contract liabilities reached about 412% year-on-year growth compared with the beginning of the year. Besides, the increase in inventories and the release of new production capacity are also expected to bring rapid growth performance for the company in the future. In addition, as the epidemic continues to spread overseas, it is expected that overseas CRO CDMO business would further accelerate its transfer to China. Meanwhile, China has sufficient talent supply, lower labor cost, and a relatively large number of patients in various diseases. Therefore, the cost of patient recruitment is far lower than that in developed countries, which further drive the development of domestic CRO CDMO. The third stock is top choice. By 2019, the market size of dental care service in China is about RMB 98.5 billion, with a compound annual growth rate of 18% over the next five years. Every year, Chinese people spend about 9.4 dollar per person on oral care, and compared with 341 dollar per person in the United States, there is a still big gap. Supported by the policies, it is an inevitable trend for the development of specialized dental hospitals. Top choice as the leading enterprise of dental care service in China, with revenue and profits far outstripping the peers. Besides, dental care expansion is particularly difficult. There are very few successful cases of large-scale dental expansion in the world. After all. Dental care is a manual industry, which means it is very dependent on high-quality and high-skilled dentists. But in China, dentists are very scarce resource. However, Top Choice has successful realization of the standardization scale and the process of dentistry. Besides, Top Choice has its own dental school. To cultivate its own dental talents, so that the company has a successful replication and expansion capability, which is very rare in the dental care companies in China. This is the moat of top choice. As a scare investment target in China's secondary capital market, it is no surprise that the company hit new highs recently. Okay, now let's go to the next part. The fourth part is the, inv- the investment trend in 2021. Firstly, by 2019, China's CRO industry scale is about RMB 80.5 billion, with a year-on-year growth rate of 20%. Compared with the penetration ratio of global CRO industry, China CRO market penetration ratio is relatively low, increasing from 26% in. 2013 to 32 percent in 2018. By 2022, it is expected to increase to 40.3 percent. Besides, with favorable policy for innovative drugs and the gradual promotion of consistency evaluation and intensive procurement nationwide, 
the generic drugs are facing challenges. Therefore, pharmaceutical companies have increased their investment in R&D of innovative drugs or cooperate with CRO enterprises to develop drugs with clinical value. It is expected that the demand of CRO services in China will increase rapidly. Secondly, in recent years, China's digital healthcare industry has developed rapidly with a compound annual growth rate of over 30%. And the advantage of digital healthcare business are amplified during this epidemic. In 2019, China digital healthcare market size was about RMB 27 billion. In 2026, it is expected to reach about RMB 198 billion. In terms of policies, last year, China has released new policy about the medical insurance coverage for digital healthcare services. Besides, prescription outflow is also an important emerging trend in this industry. China out-of-hospital pharmaceutical market is expected to grow faster than in-hospital market. In 2019, the online sales in out-of-hospital market was about RMB 39 billion and is expected to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 38% from 2019 to 2024 much higher than the compound annual growth rate of offline sales in out-of-hospital market, which is about 13.2%. Besides, the online OTC market in 2019 was about RMB 25 billion, with a compound annual growth rate of about 33% from 2019 to 2024. With favorable policy and the large market potential, it is expected that the golden timing for digital healthcare industry is coming in China. Thirdly, with the improvement of public healthcare demand, the acceleration of population aging, and the increase of commercial insurance coverage, there is a growing demand for high-quality medical services. The market size is expected to reach about RMB 7,734 billion in 2021, with a compound annual growth rate of above 13%. Therefore, the development of high-quality provider business would be a future trend. Besides, due to the cost control of government medical insurance, many medical service institutions are under pressure, but for those with strong consumption attributes, such as eye care, dental care, medical beauty, etc., they could still grow rapidly against the trend. A relatively high proportion of medical services with consumption attributes is paid out of pocket, so it is less dependent on medical insurance reimbursement and is also relatively less restricted by the government medical insurance policy change. The above three points are the major trends in China healthcare industry. We believe that there would be good investment opportunities from these trends. Thank you. Now I'm open for questions. Thank you very much for this, Chris. That was a very concise and um, very informative presentation of the uh, situation on the ground there. 
We have a question uh, from the audience, and I will remind everyone that uh, you can send in your questions using the Q&A button on your Zoom app. Um, are there any interesting uh, healthcare IPOs in China in 2021 that uh, investors should watch out for? Well, currently, I think two IPOs are pretty eye-catching to me. One is the EduTech. The other is the Micropod CardioFlow. I think that is the two IPOs I will pay attention to at, at the current stage. Mm -hmm. What do you think is, is particularly striking about these IPOs? Like, do these companies sort of show promise in the way that, uh, in a similar way to the companies that you just covered? Because EduTech is pretty special. It is a, the leading company in its industry, kind of like the cloud service, the AI technology. So mm -hmm. as the first IPO in this sector, particularly, this company, if IPO successfully and reach a pretty good share pricing, it will tend to, you know, form the industry standards in this cloud service or AI technology sector. So I think it is very promising. And if you see its financial performance or its market potential, this is always pretty good. And for mm -hmm. the Micropod cardio flow, it is represent the cutting edge technologies in the TAVR industry. So we know that currently in China, there is a, a volume-based purchasing policy or procurement policies towards many devices. So a lot of high value consumable companies, uh, many device companies are facing challenges. But for those high tech, especially cutting edge technologies company, they still can charge higher premium or higher price and they are not need to worry about the VBP at the current stage in the short term. And the cardio, uh, Micropod Cardio Flow is just one of these companies who has got strong innovation capability and also one of the leading companies in the TAVR sector in China. I see. Thank you for that. We have one more question from the audience. So you mentioned uh, the trend of digital healthcare and uh, the opportunity that there is in this sector. So. What are some of the names that you would uh, be highlighting there? Currently, in the digital healthcare industry, there are major three stocks in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. One is JD Health, another is um, Alibaba Health, and the third one is Pingan Good Doctor. So all of these three stocks have both have both its strengths and uh, and concerns. If you can, if you see my articles, I think I wrote about two articles to cover these three stocks on small commerce. So I think because of the favorable trends in the digital healthcare service sector, especially the policies and also development in the prescription outflow. So I think there's a growth trend, growth potential for these stocks, for these companies to develop in China. These three stocks, I think I will pay a close attention to. Actually, speaking of uh, policy, and it's something that you mentioned uh, throughout your presentation, but uh, do you think that the current policy environment in China seems to favor uh, these, this kind of innovative uh, newcomers? Or does it? do you think it gives the advantage to uh, established companies like the ones that you initially highlighted? Well, um, in terms of policies, I have to say that it may be the same, whether if you are newcomers mm -hmm. or already the giant pharmaceutical companies, because it's mm -hmm. the same to everyone. 
So, but for the three stocks that I mentioned in this article, I have to say that either Wuxiap Tech, Henry, or Top Trace, they are the leading company, or even I could say that they are the benchmark company in their relatively related sector, which mm-hmm. means that they have got much, much stronger core strength in terms of financial performance, commercialization capability, R&D, personnel, or the whole ecosystem, which means that in terms of policy change, they have got stronger power or capability to reflect quickly and Mm -hmm. adapt itself better or adjust itself better to in face of the policy change. A very good example is that, for example, for Henry, in 2019, Henry's knockout product, PD1, was not approved for market launch. Um, however, from the perspective of major hospitals, even not covered by the medical insurance, the sales volume in the second quarter of 2020 had already reached about RMB 77 million. So just an example for your reference. So we can see that the top leading companies like at that level could have stronger capabilities to handle those policy change. Right. Another question from the audience um, has to do with funding from venture capital and private equity. So in 2020, uh, we saw a fall in this type of investment in Chinese internet and technology companies. What is the sense for the healthcare sector in that regard? Uh, I think uh, the, the fall in the PE or VC investments in the TMT companies was mainly due to the COVID-19 outbreak. And also, mm-hmm. you know, because of the COVID-19, so a lot of funds or companies uh, had a very difficult time in China. So you can see that the totally fundraising process is slowing down. Also, they kind of like downward trend. But in the healthcare sector, it's always, I have to say that, it's always pretty hot topics in China compared with TMT industry. So you can see mm-hmm. that a lot of PE or VC firms still try to put their money in the top leading unicorn, healthcare unicorn companies. So, mm-hmm. and uh, you can see that a lot of PEVC if, or, or personnel, uh, personnel in, in investors, before they probably never get involved in the healthcare sector, but because of the COVID-19, the improved awareness, the healthcare, they began to put their money aside to focus uh, on the healthcare sector as well. So I think in the future, whether it's in the short term or in the long term, there will still be a hot topic in healthcare. Another question from the audience has to do with something that we're all thinking about now, certainly. So in terms of speaking of, of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, and given that the, the entire world is kind of currently undergoing vaccination efforts. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the efficacy of some of them, especially regarding the recent rollouts in some countries? Do you have any uh, near-term calls in that regard? Current stage, honestly, I didn't do a specific research on the COVID-19 vaccine part. But I think in China, a lot of companies already cover the sectors such as Chongqing Zhifei biological products. Their COVID-19 products is already in the clinical stage three, and it is expected that it will be launched in the uh, first first half of this year. Other Mm -hmm. companies like Sinopharm, they also have got 
pretty fast clinical progress, COVID-19 vaccines as well. And the Chinese government, they also demand that the vaccines in China should be free of charge. So I think in terms of either speed or the effectiveness, um, Chinese pharmaceutical companies did a good job in the COVID-19 vaccine production. Right. And again, from the audience, uh, there's a question about valuations for the three stocks that you mentioned and, and how should investors uh, look at them? Do you have any comment relating to, to valuations? Okay, so, you know, valuation thing is totally dependent on Excel, Excel sheet, and it's really difficult to, <laughs> you know, speak, uh, <laughs> to answer this question in a couple of minutes right now. But uh, for me, you know, uh, when I make a projunction, when I make the projunction for the three stocks, honestly, especially the projunction of the P&L performance, I refer to a lot of resources. So not only the financial statements, um, the company website, the press release, but also sometimes I have to track with those, you know, suppliers in the procurement sectors and also their performance in uh, revenue performance, in, for example, the related parties, such as how their rev, uh, revenue perform before or, or after and listen to their professional uh, advice. So um, I think if you really want to know the, the valuation thing, uh, I think we should find another good time and uh, <laughs> We have we, we can talk on smart karma through private message. I can explain to you more. Yeah, of course. And I will remind everyone that uh, Chris is also available for uh, direct engagements, and you can contact your smart karma account manager to learn more in this regard. Just as a uh, maybe a final question, as we are uh, getting close to time. Is there a potential impact to the companies that you highlighted uh, from international competition, or do you think that they're pretty secure in, in their home market? Uh, well, yeah. So for Wuxi Tech, I mean, for the three stocks I mentioned in this article, the heavy internationalization exposure are mainly coming from Wuxi Tech and Henry. For Wuxi Tech, after China becoming a member of ICH, I mean the International Conference on Harmonization, uh, the R&D of domestic innovative drugs and the clinical trials will be further strengthened in terms of access mechanism, standardization, and operability. So domestic companies, especially domestic CRO companies, will have to face more brutal international competition and stricter international standards. However, Usap Tech has already established its branding and reputation overseas. And together with its core strength or R&D team, the capability, and the, uh, what I've mentioned in the presentation, such as the lower cost and larger patient uh, size in China. So currently, uh, Usap Tech could handle the risk pretty well. For Henry, well, in the past years, honestly, Henry put major focus on the domestic market. Um, therefore, its overseas business performance is also not as good as its domestic business. For example, the overseas partners may not be strong enough to expand the market for Henry. But in recent years, the management of Henry has already realized the problem and began to focus more on the international market. For example, they are trying to find more qualified business partners overseas and trying, they are trying to cultivate their own teams and begin to send them to the overseas market 
instead of just cooperate with some third party agencies so that they can have a better control of their people in overseas market for the business development. So we can see that in the future, Henry will probably, you know, lay more emphasis on the overseas business. Right. Well, thank you very much for that, Chris. Uh, and that's just about all the time that we have today. Thank you everyone for being with us. As I mentioned before, uh, do contact your Smart Karma account manager if you would like to engage Chris directly. Uh, they will be able to help you. And if you have any other questions, please email us at research at smartkarma.com. Thank you, Chris, once again very much. Uh, and have a great day, everyone. Okay, thank you. That's it for this week. If you like this episode, please share it with your networks and follow Smart Karma on your social media. We're Smart Karma everywhere. And of course, don't forget to visit smartkarma.com for truly independent, differentiated investment research. As always, thank you very much for listening and see you at the next one.